Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast. Welcome back for the old comers and I welcome if you're new and this is your first episode, we are at episode 112, Is Your Heart Open or Closed? I love that Catherine Daniele just brought this title home. We were just brainstorming. We ha already had a title picked out for this episode, but I feel like this is the exact, like if we could get really, really precise with our words. Uh, this is it. Is it open or closed? And we, you were just saying how so many women think their hearts are open. And that's my experience too. And I certainly used to think my heart was open, but what was actually happening was I was a fantasy addict and I had no boundaries and I had no, you know, connection to my mm -hmm. inner guidance. And I was constantly seeking approval and ha wanting love to rescue me. And so it seemed like my heart was open but it was actually being driven by the little girl inside and being driven by my saboteur protective mechanisms of trying to get love and get approval. And so in my experience, most women either are on that end of the spectrum or their hearts are completely shut down from love altogether. And that's a lot of the women I work with who have just given up altogether you know, like we talked about last week on the Tinder Swindler about how, you know, so many women would watch that show and then just be like, okay, I'm going to retire from dating. Like put right. in the towel, no more online dating. Men are, men are crazy. There's no good men left on planet earth. Men can't be trusted and how our, our protective mechanisms, our saboteurs are constantly looking for evidence to build a case against why we why we should shut down from love as opposed to learn how to live with our hearts open and be able to walk away when something's not aligned. So yeah, I'm stoked about this episode. <laughs> how are I you feel feeling? like this, I feel like this is our work with people in a nutshell too, mm -hmm. like helping people yes. open their hearts and wherever you fall. Cause of course we'll address an episode. If your heart is closed, how to open it back yeah. up. And if you're thinking your heart is open, I'm, I'm like laughing. Cause I literally don't think I ever even had a language of like, my heart is open or closed. Like when I was deep in my wounding and trauma and like how I was dating, all I cared about was getting attention. Yeah. Right. Like I couldn't even register of like, Oh, I'm available for love or I want love. Like I was just in survival, yeah. like pay attention to me. And I love what you just said that at the core of thinking your heart is open, but it's not is if you are chasing fantasy love, your heart is not open because it's not love. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how yeah. many more times we need to say yeah. that on the podcast <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> it has to be like fantasy, quote unquote, love. Right. Love is not an adrenaline rush. Love is not intense. Love is not a dopamine 
hit. Love is not love bombing, right? Love is peace. Love is presence. Love is compassion. Love is consistent. Love is acceptance of who you are and who the other person is. When you're chasing a fantasy, you're chasing an image in your head. You're not really available, right? And the only way you can actually open your heart to real love is through emotional availability, So your heart is not open. If you're not vulnerable, I'm sure you talk about this all the time. Fantasy addicts are not vulnerable. There's nothing vulnerable Mm -hmm. about chasing a fantasy and there's nothing vulnerable about pretending to be someone you're not. So that's my, my two things of like, you think your heart is open, but it's not is when you're pretending to be someone you're not, when you have an idea of like the dating advice you and I hate the most, right? Like if you have an idea of who you are supposed to be or what's cool or irresistible or feminine, you know, on a date, but it's not at all embodied. So that idea of that, and then pressure, any pressure on your dating life of yourself or on the other person, or if you're in a big rush, which is the fantasy addict, but, but pressure and perfection are all signs that your heart is not open. Hmm. Yeah. It's so wild. It's so funny because, you know, this idea of heart open and closed, it's energy and, and yes. dating and dating it and relationships, it, everything is energy. Like I think of clients of mine who, after they go to the immersion and all of a sudden their mom is acting differently towards them and she's more open and more emotionally connected mm-hmm. when she's normally shut down or their boss is being nicer or like the world around them starts to respond differently because the energy that they're bringing is different because they're rooted and anchored in themselves. So when we're dating, it's all energy. If you are a fantasy addict, you're a perfect match for the Tinder swindler because all what, what the fantasy addict is actually looking for is exactly what you said, the idea of the thing as opposed to actually the feeling. They're not, in, they're not checking in with how they feel. They're getting swept away by the endorphins that are released because of the story in their minds. I was, when you were talking, I was thinking about this boyfriend that I, this is like one relationship I totally block out. He was from when I was 21. I think we were together for at least a year and he was an alcoholic. He was in a band. It was like, he was not my typical guy that I would date, um, but it was like, he was very emotional. I think cause he was a musician, he was very emotionally expressive. And in the beginning he was so emotionally expressive about how he felt about me. And I remember him once saying, we're that perfect couple that everyone else gets jealous of. And, and I was just thinking, as you were talking, like, feel like that's one of the signs. It's like, if you are even thinking about what other people, how other other people people. are perceiving you, if you're constantly posting pictures of you and your partner on Instagram, probably there might like, there's most likely something off because you're trying to convince the world that, you know, this thing is really great. And look what I've, look, look what I have attracted in my life. And it's like that little girl inside that doesn't feel actually worthy of love is just trying to convince the world that she is and convince of course, trying to convince herself that she is. So that's, I'm, there's so many reasons why we get swept away by the fantasy, but I'm really glad that we're deepening into this. Um, the saboteur, the fantasy addict saboteur, it, it, she looks like her heart is open because she's so loving. It's like, love, like she just, everything's about love. Oh, I just want love. I just want a relationship. I just want to go, Oh, I met this guy and I'm in love. And it's like this, it's, it's over the top love, but it's not, 
that's not how it actually looks when you are anchored in yourself. And we all have it. Like even, yeah. even if you've done a ton of work, I mean, I have it. I had a crush on someone a few months ago and I was like, I, I saw the fantasy addict want to take over, but I always check in with what I'm experiencing is me right now. What I'm experiencing is my heart opening. I'm experiencing an energetic connection. I'm feeling mm. pulled, but ultimately it was, it was a practice of continuously coming back to me and remembering that it's not this person that I don't even know. It's me that I'm feeling. And that's the beauty. So it's, it's, we all have it and all, you know, our protective mechanisms will always be there. And it's about one of the greatest keys to, to living with your heart actually open is to know yourself intimately. You have to know what your protection around your heart is in order for you to show up differently in your life. If you don't know what your protective mechanisms are, you don't know yourself intimately in this way well, then she's going to take over that part yeah. of you. I say she, cause it's your saboteur in my work. Um, this part of you, if you don't know her intimately, she's going to be leading without you even knowing it. And she is sneaky. Even if you are spiritual, even if you are, you know, working on yourself, she'll disguise herself as the spiritual ones. She'll disguise herself as the, you know, the one that's evolved. And ultimately like these parts are actually stopping us from experiencing the very thing we're longing to experience. Not enough people talk about that, that like your ego and your saboteur evolves with you mm. when you do work on yourself. Oh and, yeah. And this is why, again, I'm going to keep coming back to perfectionism is your heart is closed, right? Yes. Like any, any kind of experience of you not being authentic. So the next thing I'm thinking about is literally if you are trying to prove yourself to the yes. world or, or prove something to others. I have so many people who've gone through, you know, divorces who then will say, I need to find a new person to prove to my ex, mm. right. That I am lovable. And like, that's not how it works, babe. <laughs> like you, you don't have anything to prove. And when someone's whose heart is truly open, that's the energetic essence. Like I have nothing to prove. I'm just who I am. And if you are people pleasing, not have, you do not have an hope open heart. And it's linked to what you just said about the appearance of being so loving, but people pleasing can look like love, but it's actually an unbelievable form of manipulation because yes. you're trying to get something for you. Like, I'll never forget. This is at a freaking AA meeting a million years ago where a woman was like, there's no such thing as people pleasing. It's all self-pleasing. Cause it's about mm -hmm. you, right? It's about controlling perception of other people. Now we're in just codependency. And if you're in that wounded place, your heart isn't open. And on the other end of the spectrum, cause I'm sure you've heard clients say this all the time. This is new in my world. Um, the like giving every man a chance, <laughs> like, like I, well, I just want to be open. So I'm giving all these people a chance. Your heart is not open. One, if you're making excuses, for bad behavior with men and your heart mm -hmm. isn't open if you don't actually have intention around how you're dating. Like dating is not, let's just throw a profile up there or put myself out there and like magically see what happens. Wait, there has to be the energy of, I know 
the energy I'm actually looking for. I know what I deserve. I know the kind of behavior that's healthy that I'm paying attention to because some of you are like giving these idiots a million freaking chances and telling yourself that you're open. That is not open. And I'm sure we could have a whole other episode just on this. Boundaries don't mean your heart is closed. Yeah. Right? Like I, I, I actually often use the analogy of think about every sacred temple on the planet, right? There is a boundary. There's a code of how you enter the temple, not just like any one can willy nilly like walk themselves into any of these sacred places. That's how you think about yourself. Like when your heart is open, you actually hold yourself as a sacred being. You hold yourself mm. in self love, right? Your, your heart is not open if you beat yourself up all the time and your inner critic is running the show. That's a, that's a sign of a closed heart. But open heart means I am sacred and I treat myself that way. And I expect to be treated that way by others, not from a place of entitlement, but like, this is how to be around me, right? You teach other people how to treat you. Openness is not, you just let anything happen and anything go, right? That's when we're now we're in that like spiritual bypassing ego bullshit of like, I am open, even though this person's literally go like just ghosted me last week, but it's fine. They just have a lot of trauma or I am open. I'm just a loving person, but my, you know, partner barely shows up for me, barely asks me questions about me and, you know, is just has no direction of their life, but I love him, but I love him. And that's unconditional love, right? You just, which is also what we were taught which is not how it works in adult no. relationships. So I don't know how many more times I have to say that, like that's the mic drop love bomb. Yeah. Unconditional love does not exist in adult relationship. It exists between parent and child, the divine and us. We, we can unconditionally love ourselves. We have to unconditionally love ourselves. Right. But there are boundaries yeah. in an adult partnership. Like, and I can love you and not have a relationship with you. Exactly. I can love you and have a boundary on how you, mm-hmm. w- what I tolerate. So, yes, I love that. Cause we've talked about that before where you can still love someone, you know, I've worked with so many women who are unhooking from toxic relationships or they, they already, mostly they are already unhooked, but there's still this like weird guilt where they have resentment mm. towards their ex, but they also still feel tied in and they still feel like, Oh, if I completely unhook and come back to myself, well then like that's abandoning the other person and you can still love someone. who's not who you're no longer with you can love them from afar you can love and accept who they are and say that behavior is not aligned with who I am and who I'm becoming and that's how we transform is I, I I one of my favorite books of all time is breaking the habit of being yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I just love watching him on video and stuff. Cause it's like, he mm. talks so much about how we're addicted to being who we think we are. And in, right. in my work, who we think we are is mostly our saboteurs, like mostly our protective mechanisms. And you would say probably inner child is who we are in relationship is not our true selves. That's our, that's who we learn to be, to survive in the world. When you were a kid and you were wildly expressed, it wasn't okay. You had to learn how to adapt to the environments you're around and the people you're around so that you survived, so that you felt safe, so that you felt approved of and so you belonged and all of those things that our adaptive selves are mostly who we experience in, in relationships. So knowing that part of you is 
essential. It's essential in order to have healthy relationships. Um, so the one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, it, reality TV, of course. Um, <laughs> I was going to bring it back again. Uh, my friend that I'm living with in Mexico right now, she loves reality fantasy shows. I actually have a really hard time watching them. My girlfriends in Costa Rica love The Bachelor, so I watched a whole season with them. And I was just, I think we talked about it on one episode where that girl kept being like, I'm sending home that guy because he's here for the wrong reasons. Yet she she just kept talking about, I just want the engagement. I just want the engagement. And like in my humble opinion, that is the wrong reasons also. And it's just so painful for me to watch um, reality TV because especially love reality TV because, but also I can watch it from an objective perspective of, you know, okay, that's this avatar archetype, that's that avatar archetype. And so she was, she's watching a show right now called Love is Blind. I watched a few episodes of the first season. And I mean, it's so funny because everyone says, oh, Love is Blind is, you know, the more, it's like the more conscious show because they're not seeing each other. So they're not judging each other based on how they look. And I, you know, okay, I appreciate the, the intention behind that or whatever, but ultimately it's still fantasy. You, you can't connect eyes with someone and smell them and see, like you can't, it's, 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 it's almost more fantasy. In fact, when I was 21, I moved to Australia for a guy and we met in person once and we stepped, kept in touch at a trade show for work very briefly and then we wrote emails to each other. This is pre all social media. So we wrote these beautiful long emails. He was very poetic. He was so romantic. And he would send me these emails. I'd wake up every morning to this long email and we'd text and we'd talk on the phone. And I totally was swept off my feet by this man. And, you know, we had only seen each other in person for a, literally five minutes. Um, and I was swept away by the idea of him. And of course I get to Australia and he's super controlling. He's probably on this narcissistic spectrum. I was a people pleaser. I was a self-sacrificer. I was like, just like, tell me who to be. And, and, um, my light just started chipping away and I started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and I started to feel so anxious and yet I wouldn't even let myself see that it was the relationship because I was like, Oh, everyone thinks I moved to Australia for love. So I've got to keep up the fantasy. And anyways, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a side story. So again, my heart looks so open. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm getting swept away by this amazing man who's so good looking and he's Australian and I was 21 and I was very sheltered. I didn't know, you know, many people from, I, I don't think I'd ever even heard an Australian accent at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was so swept away by this like fantasy story. I got to tell everyone, Hey, I'm moving to Australia for love. And so I was in denial and not wanting to let go of that relationship because I didn't want, I was, what would other people think? This was my big chance, but my heart wasn't open. It was, it was trusting and naive, right? It was, it was my, it was the self-sacrificer fantasy addict saboteur archetypes that were leading the way. And so that is what happens. And so anyways, back, back to the show, I didn't watch this season, but I just came in on one of the last episodes she, we, the other night and he was like, let's watch this episode. So I just hop in and it's right where they're about to go. They they're all, I think on an Island together. And then they all get flown back to their hometown, which is Chicago. And so it was the very last show where they're, you know, seeing if they can make it as a couple and they get engaged before they like, 
I think right so they're when they seeing see each, each other. other now. Like they, they can see each other. They in this do it. Yeah, I didn't now? watch oh, okay. the whole thing, but from what I understand, they they talk and then they get engaged as soon as they see each other, or they don't. And so the ones okay. that get engaged are still in the running. Got and it. For whatever, I'm sure there's money at the end or whatever, yeah. more <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> so it, it was at the part where they're like they they are seeing if their relationship works, and all of them are fighting. And I'm watching and I'm just like, this is what inspired, what sparked the idea to do this episode. I'm watching and I'm just feeling heartbroken. First of all, of course they are. Like they just completely built this relationship on illusion and fantasy and the idea of someone. And then real life kicks in or it wasn't even real life. They were still on the show, but it's like wounds get activated and, you know, protective mechanisms kick in. And then they want, and I'm just watching each of them, like want to change each other and each of like, nobody's heart is open and their hearts are so shut down. And that's what happens when we, when we do fight with partners, whether your protective mechanism or your nervous system response is like, to fight or to flight, like you, you flee the scene or you shut down completely, which is freeze. Um, or you fawn is one that I've, um, learned a lot about because that's been one of my primary ones, which is to like people please and try and make things better. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Those are nervous system responses. And, they're just all in their nervous system responses. They're all in their protective mechanisms. No one's hearts are open. And most people in that place break up or they, you know, just sweep it under the rug and keep going and stay in fantasy and don't actually address what's going on. This is why it's fucking essential to know yourself. You have to know yourself in relationship or you can't relate with another human because someone else's wounding and triggers actually don't have anything to do with you and vice versa. And so to be able to know your own pain and to be able to eat, just like know your own pleasure and be able to own that and be able to navigate what's coming up for you and then respond differently to that, like have a conversation where, cause fighting actually is an opportunity to deepen in intimacy, not in the fight, but what matters the most in relationship is that, you know, yourself, you know, how to communicate what's really going on for you and that you can repair the, the, what came up, but repair doesn't look like, I'm sorry for doing that thing. I'm sorry for saying that thing. That's just like, that's just like smoothing it over. That's not actually right. doing anything. It's like, I'm trying to think of a metaphor. It's like making your bed, but there's a bunch of crap underneath and you can try and smooth it over, but there's still a bunch of crap underneath your bed. So mm-hmm. that's the, that's what happens in relationship because people, so people's hearts are closed and then they get more closed and then they, oh, this is the wrong relationship. And then they run to the next one thinking, oh, it's got to, the next one will save me. The next one will open my heart. The next one will feel better. And wherever you go, there you are. Like that is your, you're going to bump up against all the same stuff. So knowing yourself in relationship is the most, like, I think it's the most, um, under what's the word. It's just under, the most important thing there is. To it's do. the most, 100%, <laughs> most important thing to know because it affects every relationship, not just romantic. Right. Oh my gosh. There's so much. I just keep thinking, that because this is why people close their hearts in the first place. And we probably need to do an episode just on this, but people close their hearts and people fantasize all as a way to avoid pain. Yes. Right. The fantasy is the imagination that there's such a place of a relationship where pain and disappointment and frustration and upset 
doesn't exist. And the people who have closed their hearts have not done any healing work on actually learning how to manage their pain and their disappointment and their frustration and their upset. And I just, I'm listening, I'm thinking about this as I listen to us and it's like, this is the work of growing up. Like that's what consciousness is. Mm -hmm. And so none of us go through life without pain. Like pain is a given. And the people who find real love are the people who are willing to take those risks, right? The people who find real love are the people who are willing to be vulnerable and not wait for someone else to give them permission to be themselves. They're not trying to prove anything. They're not taking rejection personally. It's like the most important skill that you can master. And bad news, if you take rejection personally and dating is really hard for you because rejection is so intense, that points to your childhood trauma and inner work that you need to do because there's a lot of people who don't live like that. You know, my, I offer my clients literally the mantra, no big deal. Like something doesn't work out. No big deal. That's a part of life, but the wounded child perspective. And, and I have to, I'll be honest, like when Andrew got sick, you better believe my first ego thought was like, this is not part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, sign up for this. Like, you know, this, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. This is not, we're supposed to be getting married and going on a big honeymoon and getting pregnant right away, blah, blah, blah. And so this isn't about like, and I love you, you always bring this back that like you and I are so human in our work too. Like, again, this isn't about perfection. The work isn't about becoming Buddha. We all are wrestling with life because life is going to happen and things are not going to go according to plan. But the people who have cultivated emotional maturity and resiliency mm. are the ones that are thriving in their life. And that's what Kate and I care about for you. And an open heart is a resilient heart. An open heart is a patient heart. An open heart is a vulnerable heart. An open heart is a playful heart, right? Dating is so much more fun. You can just laugh at yourself, like laugh at the insanity of literally I'm talking to a complete stranger wondering if I'm going to fall in love. Like we, mm -hmm. we all are, are just like, and I always say, I appreciate no matter who you are, like anyone who is willing to put themselves out there, like that's a tremendous act of courage on a dating site or not, right? The people who keep picking themselves up after their heart is broken. Like that's one thing I trust about myself. Not only would I be okay, it would suck if I lost my husband or, or we ended up separating, but I would never not open my heart to partnership again. Right. Because there, because I stand for, there is no greater personal development. Like that's what relationship offers. Even just what you said about friendships and coworkers, like I'm actually always in relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest lie you tell yourself is you're alone because we are always relating, always relating to ourselves, always relating to other people. And an open heart is the heart that is willing to take the risk, not necessarily be fearless. Cause I don't believe that either. You better believe when I have vulnerable conversations with people in my life, my voice shakes, my palms are sweaty. Like oh, yeah. it's not always easy for me, but it's like, I, my attention is in service to what? So that's how, you know, your heart is open. Like you in service to what, to the love that I want to experience in my life, to being my fullest self, because what else is there to do other than yes. be ourselves in this world? And there is only one you and all of us have protection. All of us have trauma. All of us have our wounding. And when you heal, you reclaim the choice to make of 
I'm not going to act out from this wounded place. And instead I'm going to choose to keep my heart open and say the thing that I need to say, or give the feedback or ask for what I need. And all of that stuff, the pressure, the perfectionism, the people pleasing, the proving all signs of a closed heart. And if you are walking around with a closed heart because you're afraid of getting hurt again, I see you and you are cutting yourself off from all of life. You're not just cutting mm-hmm. yourself off from love, right? You being and having an open heart is I'm willing to ride the waves of change, right? And I'm willing to fail and I'm willing to mess up and I'm willing to actually learn and grow from the things that have happened in my life rather than, oh, one thing didn't go according to plan. Now I'm just going to throw a tantrum about it and like cry and cut myself off from all of life. You know, my, my Mm -hmm. core messaging is like you, you, the goal is not intimacy with one person. The goal is to be intimate with life. And this is part of the deal. And of course, most people would say any difficult thing, people that have actually done healing work on the other side of it, we say to ourselves, oh my God, that experience changed my life. Like that experience humbled me. I see more clearly who I am or understand about love because that, I mean, Andrew getting sick has transformed my experience of love Yeah, and, and my experience of myself because I got humbled by the part of me that had a lot of entitlement going on around (laughs) life. Right. And so it's not, and again, now I don't have to beat myself up about that or criticize myself. Like that's vulnerable. None of the saboteurs are like bad and wrong. and, 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 And your inner child is not bad and wrong, but your authentic self is who you are. You were designed to be like every single person, every woman is radiant unto herself. Like you are designed to live with an open heart and yes, you might get hurt and you will survive <laughs> and you will yes. thrive and you will be okay. And you will learn. Cause that's what life is about too. Having as many wonderful experiences as possible. We're all transforming all the time and you can't experience life when your heart is closed. No yes. one's designed to live that way. No. And I was just, I love everything you just said. And I was just thinking like the fear of pain is what causes so much more pain. Like that's what, when your heart is closed or you're in your saboteur protective mechanisms and you're not actually anchored in the, your, the relationship within yourself, you are, your protective mechanisms are creating suffering constantly versus in those moments of pain, tending to your heart. Like that's what I always say to my clients. When you feel the contraction, the pain, that's when you tend to your heart. That's when you show up for yourself and feel your feelings instead of acting from the place of your heart being hurt and sending that guy on the date, some nasty text message or blocking him or whatever is like tend to your own pain. What am I believing about myself right now? How am I treating myself right now? Feel your feelings, like tend to your own heart. And then when you're no longer in pain, now you can be boundary. Now you can speak your truth. Now you can say, Hey, thanks for the coffee. It was so nice to meet you. It's a no for me, but I wish you well, or whatever conversation needs to happen. Now, you can communicate clearly. Now you can repair whatever thing came up in your relationship, but it's taking responsibility for our own pain. And when you do, life is so much more, I would say easeful. It's not easier. Like life is fucking hard. I mean, I've had so many challenging things happen the last few months and yet I ride, it's like I'm surfing. Like I, I go into, I have so many tools and so many 
ways to, to feel and process what's going on, that it doesn't pull me in. It's like, if you're on your surfboard and you're, and your protective mechanisms are running the show, you're going to get caught in an undertow and you're literally going to get pulled under and you're going to be drowning. Like that's what it feels like when our protection is in charge. Like some guy that you have four amazing dates with and you think he's the love, your saboteur thinks he's the love of your life. And then he never messages you again. If that rocks you, it's because you weren't anchored in yourself and you didn't take responsibility for your pain. doesn't mean you're not going to feel pain, but we get so rocked by life and swept down the undertow when we're not taking responsibility. So that I wanted to speak to. And, you know, it's getting to that place of learning how to live from non-attachment. And it's, it's a moment to moment practice. It's not something like we're as humans, we're so conditioned to, especially in love, my husband, my boyfriend, my partner, there's such possessiveness, even in how we talk about it, my wedding, my babies, (laughs) like we talk about everything in such an, my best friend in such an ownership way. But the reality is we don't own anyone and we don't, we don't even own the plan. We don't own where life is taking us. We have no fucking clue what's coming. All we know is right now. And so, and how we feel and what's happening inside of us. And so Mm -hmm. when you learn to come back to that place of non-attachment where attachment looks like, oh my gosh, I have to have this thing. I must have this thing. He's my partner. He needs to behave in this way. So I don't feel pain. He, he, life needs to look like this, like it's control, it's fantasy, it's uh, shape-shifting that's attachment, non-attachment or pardon me, detachment is the other side of the pendulum. And detachment is like, I don't need love. I don't need a man. I'm never going to be in a relationship again. Like totally detached, which it means you're like you said, which I'm so glad you brought that up. You're shut off from your heart, which most women I work with are in that category. And they, I consistently hear over and over and over again, wow, I realize now that my heart is back online and that I'm uh, alive and in my body that I was a robot before. Or they know that in the moment. They're like, I feel like I'm living my life like I'm just a robot. Just like get up, press news, do the thing, and every day feels the same because they're operating with their hearts shut down. That's the the shitty thing about being shut down from your heart. So hopefully that's a little motivation for you to keep to open it again. But that's detachment. And then the healthy place in the middle is non-attachment, meaning no matter what life brings, I'm going to be okay that you come back to tending to your own heart, to tending to your own pain, to feeling your own feelings to, and it doesn't mean you do it alone. Like you have a support system around you and you have sisters around you and you have, you, you, you have a built, you design a life that supports you. So that no matter what life brings, because none of us know what's coming tomorrow, any day, no matter what life brings, you can handle it because you are held and you're supported. And that place of non-attachment is like, this thing happens. I trust where it's taking me. Like if, if I think I'm supposed to go this way, but oh, something happens that pushes me in that direction. I trust that it's, that's, it's divinely led. And I, I live from such a place, like, again, it's a moment to moment practice, but I, I think that that's why I love my life so much. And I have such an amazing, fun life because I'm always coming back to Mm non-attachment. So, and then, yeah, I think that was it. I'm reading my, I took a bunch of notes (laughs) when you were talking. I think those were all the points, but yeah. One of my first mentors said to me that for many women, you're, they either have their feelings or their feelings have them. 
And I, I really, I keep, as I, as I just listened to you, I was like, that's the difference. You know, I say tending to your feelings too, but there has to be a you that is tending to the feelings. Like that's why healing is about cultivating a a healthy sense of self and codependency means you don't have a sense of self. Yeah. Like that's what codependency is. That's what the, the trauma and the pain does. It takes that from you. Then you are being a robot. You are being a people pleaser. You are trying to be perfect. You are moving through the world. And then which we have to do an episode. We did, we did an episode on the worst dating advice out there. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go listen to that one. But we have to come back to this recognition that the, the people who have no sense of self are the ones who fall that much harder for that crap of the bullshit dating advice, right? Where you still tell yourself, oh, there's just this person I'm supposed to be that then is more attractive and more lovable and and more amazing rather than the work is who have I been trying to be that's actually not authentic to me. And when you own who you authentically are, that's when all the magic happens. And that is a lifetime journey too. you know, who, who Andrew and I are right now, eight years later is, is absolutely different than who we were when we met. And since we were authentic when we met, the essence and the soul of who we are has remained intact. Like we are transformed by the things we've been through together, but my values are the same. Like the things, like what I've always loved is the same. And I'm probably more grounded than I've ever been now, you know, as, as a result of just being in life. Mm-hmm. And, and when, and here's the, the really good news. And the last thing I want to say for this is when you're with an aligned person, your heart opens more. Like you're not only does your life become more expensive, but you become a truly more loving person with the right person. That's actually the magic of love. And Mm -hmm. with the right friends, right? When you're in alignment with your life, your heart can't not be open. So here's that next level of accountability is where, where am I out of alignment that makes it easy for my heart to close? I hate my job. I'm not nurturing girlfriends. I'm spending hours at a time on dating apps, but I have no intention around it. I just want someone to come save me. Like it isn't just, oh, I clap my hands and then my heart opens, (laughs) you know, like it, it is deep work. You do have to face difficult things in yourself, but this, this is my offering for you for wherever you are to take a look at where have I been out of alignment? Where have I been afraid to own who I am or to say the thing or to, you know, actually start my life rather than I have so many clients who desperately want a partner. And the things they'll say is like, Oh, I'll do the, my dream. Like when I have a partner, I'll take that trip. When I have a Mm. partner, I'll begin that project. When I have a partner, Queens do not wait. No, don't wait for permission. They don't wait for a prince. They don't wait for a King. They don't wait for someone else to tell them that it's okay. They lead their freaking life. And that's, that's what an open heart is. And again, this is not about control, but leading is from that center point of, I have my feelings and I have compassion for all of them. And I also choose how I feel every single day, right? I do the things that nurture happiness and gratitude and passion and playfulness because that, and that's a daily 
practice. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love, I love that. And I wrote down, do I have a life that opens my heart? Like, I love that you brought that in like every relationship in your life and every person in your life. I think of clients I have who have been untangling from toxic work environments where they're in very toxic patriarchal, you know, women get shamed and shut down and still like very old school. And it's like, is this, is this the right environment for your heart to be open? Like if you, you know, yes, that you can grow in it. Yes. You can learn how to be more boundary and how to speak your truth. And this one client I've been on the journey with her where she has shown up so differently in the workplace. And then there comes a time to walk away, you know, same with relationship. It's like you, you shift how you show up in relationship. Okay. If you're, if you're in that fantasy place where your like heart is seemingly wide open, but you have no boundaries, don't know how to say no and speak your truth. Maybe part of your lesson is to learn how to do that in the container of the relationship. And sometimes the relationship will shift. And sometimes the, the, it's time to go. It's time to say, wait, this environment actually doesn't open my heart. It doesn't have me relax into my heart to feel like comfortable being myself and, and being honest and being vulnerable and being open and being all of who I am. And, you know, I just think of, I have this friend who, new friend who I met in Costa Rica. He's a friend of some really close friends of mine from Vancouver. And he, he used to be a monk and he was in Tulum this last week. And I messaged him right away and was like, you're in Tulum. I'm, I'm not in Tulum, but I'm near Tulum. And I said, I have to see you while you're here. And I just lit up and I couldn't stop talking about him to Andy. And as soon as we met up, I, I, he and I were talking and Andy's like, oh my gosh, I loved watching the spark of your heart open even more. Is there something about this person? He, his heart is so open. And I think because he was a monk when he was 15 till he was 20 wow. and he just has this unbelievable presence and like, he just feels like pure love. And Andy's like, I feel like you were looking at your mirror. Cause that's how a lot of people perceive me. And I just, just pure love. And I just think like, that is most, most people in my life. Like the people that stick and stay are the ones who I feel, I mean, you, God, our relationship and how much I've opened my heart and healed my heart through being in relationship with you and how much, how many parts of like, I've never felt more held and more loved in my darkest times with you. So like this, like surround yourself with people and places that hold your heart that honor your heart, that respect your heart, that treasure your heart. And it starts with you. If you don't treasure your heart, if you don't honor your heart, if you don't respect your heart and tend to your heart, then nobody else will. And so that, and then I, I the last thing I'll say is just little kids are our, our greatest teachers. Look at a three-year-old, their hearts are wide open, but their boundaries are in place. If something doesn't feel good to them, they'll say no. They'll say, I don't want to sit on Santa's knee or who, whatever the thing that they're being forced. I don't want to go to school because their teacher's not actually loving and kind and nice they will they will say no they might they won't have a reason why there'll be no story attached to it which is beautiful they're just boundaried and their hearts are wide open that's the root of every single one of us so you can get back there if your heart is closed or your yes. fantasy heart is open and your real heart isn't you can do this. Absolutely. Every woman on planet earth can come back to living with an open heart anchored within herself and having clear boundaries, being able to stand with and for herself. And every woman needs to. 
Yes. Yes. And we <laughs> will have a very, very different how, world. <laughs> that's how we're, that's how we're ending that. Right. No matter where you are starting from, there yes. is a path, there is a journey to opening your yes. heart. And I too believe that that's what will change the world. And that's what everyone's complaining about online. Oh, people are ghosting and unavailable and shitty and shallow. I'm like, yeah, you want to know how we'll change dating culture? Like you lead with an open heart, Be the like change. you <laughs> model it, right? Yes. Not waiting for other people. Again, that's just the, the like take home either spectrum. You're thinking your heart is open. It's closed. You're waiting. You're yes. just waiting for someone yeah. to give you permission. And it doesn't work like that. So you know where to find us if you want to do this work. And we love yes. you. We love you. See you soon. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.